0: The Queen of the Court podcast, your place for chats on all things growth, healing, and thriving through everyday parenting. I'm your host, Courtney Walker-Owens. I'm a homeschooling mom of seven, wellness advocate, self-proclaimed strengths genius, and an author. I'm here to inspire and empower you into a lifestyle of elevated living and passionate growth. Because while I may not be good at a lot of things, I am the queen of these things. Are you ready to dive in? Grab your coffee or mix up a smoothie and let's get started. This is the Queen of the Court podcast. We are here for episode four, and I am super excited. I have a special guest this week. That's right. I warned you of this, but it's going to be good. My special guest is my husband, Michael. da 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 Hello. <laughs> uh, we are... Excited. This is going to be good. So we're going to chat about today um, our story, our journey to a more natural lifestyle. I have to call it a journey because it's something that doesn't stop. We're still doing little things here and there uh, to help our family be healthier, help our family live uh, less reliant on others and in that more natural space but we're going to kind of go back with you guys today um okay so real briefly so we have been married for how long <laughs> <What> was... <laughs> oh
1: man this is usually the guy that messes this up it's been
0: almost 16 years
1: Fif- 15 and a half years almost
0: 16 yeah, yeah. um and we have this was discovered this week. We have been together for 19 years this next month, so that's super weird. Feels like a really long time. Um, but I would say, and I am curious if you agree with me, that in this process of removing toxins and living a more natural lifestyle and helping our kids' bodies to heal from these, you know, self-inflicted, basically, um, things that they have walked through uh, due to a less healthy lifestyle that we once lived, it has probably, I think, made our marriage even better because we've walked through those really hard things. Like I would say, our best years of our marriage have come through this process. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it probably can be attributed to it can be attributed to the, the more natural things, or it can also be. I agree, but I guess I, I also think that we've just we've gotten better every year. And I would hope that we would have gotten better if we hadn't gone down the natural path, but I guess we don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I have, I have a theory. It's my theory. My theory is that that journey of healing and removing the crap also did a lot on an emotional level, and there's something to be said for relationships that aren't living in a state of toxic overload, you know?
1: Yeah. I think that definitely for you, the journey probably was way more important than for me as far as emotional healing. Yeah. Um, things just from, you know, even the birth of our first kid. Um, if we hadn't gone down a natural lifestyle path, I don't know if you would have survived. Yeah. The aftermath of that. I would agree. Um, so I, I, I yeah, so I guess you are a hundred percent correct.
0: <laughs> I do like to be right. If we haven't, <laughs> it
1: took me a minute to get there. I know. If we see. hadn't gone down this road, um, you know, our, our marriage probably would have suffered and not been the the same as as it is now. Yeah. Uh, I would I, I mean I think we're we're totally in love, so I, I would hope that oh it wouldn't gee. have like ended <laughs> or anything. But but yeah. 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 I don't know. You wouldn't be the person you are today.
0: Absolutely not.
1: And, Absolutely and I not. wouldn't be better because I'm better because of who you are today. So. Oh
0: well that's adorable. You're precious. I know. That was precious. Oh, man. Now that he said some gross stuff like that, let's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what? So, let me backtrack for you guys listening. So, uh, we are. Wow. Um, 2012. 2012 is when our son got his autism spectrum diagnosis our second kiddo and that's really what when we attribute like the biggest shift towards a natural lifestyle happening for us but we were just talking a little bit before and it did happen slightly like you could tell that like we were trying just a little bit like some baby steps prior to
1: yeah I mean, when we got married We're I was 20. Yeah, I was 19. 19. We had a kid. And we basically. And then
0: had another one, like real yeah, fast.
1: And, and whatever anybody told us. And that was it. So that life, was
0: 2005, just to.
1: Yeah. So what, whoever was in our life and told us things, that's who we listened to. So if our pediatrician said it's okay to feed your kid um, rice cereal. Oh, we did that. I it, forgot we it's did okay that. To, <laughs> it's okay to give your kid a little bit of juice in his bottle because he's totally constipated from the rice cereal. Yep. And so we did that. Yep. So Did that. you know, we, we just didn't know any better. Yeah. Even though we were, in my opinion, pretty instinctual parents. And we took to yes. the concept of parenting and taking care of an infant very well for being so young um i don't think all 19 and 20 year olds do as well as we did not bragging i mean there were some things that we sucked at totally but um, yeah (laughs) there were other there are other aspects of you know taking care of a of an infant that we took to like really really easily when but. I
0: found out that attachment parenting was a thing with like I think it was like probably kiddo number three when he was a baby he was a he was a hard baby so our kiddo who got the spectrum diagnosis was not an easy baby and so I I read a lot of books with him um, and he was not an easy baby for a lot of reasons but I read a lot of books with him and I found this book that was like, attachment parenting and something about sleeping like like co-sleeping and um night nighttime stuff with through attachment parenting basically and i read it and i was like well that's dumb why would anybody need a book for that because it's what we'd just done like we just figured out what worked for us and what felt right yeah
1: and I think that's the most important thing is what was right and felt right for us. So, like, don't, gosh, don't, if you're listening, be like, oh, well, I, I, I didn't, nothing felt, I didn't do that. Or, um, man, you guys are telling me that I sucked as a parent. No, no, we all have things that we work through. And don't compare yourself to us because everybody is different. But um, always learn, too. I think is really important. Yeah. Always learn. We learned after um, our oldest crawled out of his crib and fell on his head that cry it out was not a method that we were going to be able to use. That was not
0: going to work for us (laughs) anymore. After that night, we're done. (laughs) And turns out we really liked co-sleeping with our kids, and we did it in a a safe way, and it, it worked great for us. And here we are, seven kids later, and... It's it's fine.
1: <laughs> our, our almost 16-year-old does not He does crawl not to bed still get us. in bed
0: with us. Nope. Nope, that would be awkward and I would not fit in the bed anymore cuz he's large. <laughs>
1: but he does come to us with things and I don't I guess you can't really attribute that to No, you the totally fact that we can. What are you talking about? But, um he's comfortable with us. He's comfortable coming to us with anything and and talking to us about his life and um
0: those habits that we set early definitely definitely are we're seeing the payoff right now with our with our teenagers and I will say like that is a huge blessing that we just instinctively knew that that was right for us and right in general to connect with our kids that connection piece is is serving us very very well into the teenage years. For yep. sure. For sure.
1: So we didn't know a lot, but we knew to trust our gut. Yeah. Um early on and then we and then we got kind of smacked in the face with some at the time <laughs> felt it felt devastating cuz in 2000 2012 um, the idea of, or not the idea, but just the knowledge of the autism spectrum was just really starting to come to the forefront. It was scary. and how do we move forward? Um, we knew we didn't want to medicate our kid. Um, your brother had been on medication for, um, Yeah, for ADHD. ADHD. My brother also had medication for ADHD when he was a teenager. And we knew that how much that was going to change our our child, who we knew was brilliant, but was also struggling with things like putting socks on, or wearing shoes that weren't blue, or putting on pants. Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Or being able to handle loud noises and crowds and and intense anxiety and so um we didn't want to change who he was but we wanted to help him with these things that he had immense struggle with and so you did what you do and you started studying you went (laughs) like like a mad woman like crazy yeah
0: (laughs) so the bonus of Of personally having ADHD is there's this thing where I can hyper focus and so (laughs) it is a blessing and a curse because I can tune out everything else in the world to focus on one thing but when something hard happens I just dive right in and that's exactly what happened so we just prior to our diagnosis that was when she told us hey He's on the spectrum. Definitely. Your gut feeling wasn't wrong. And I, it was such a, a helpful thing for me, I think, to know that, like, okay, all these symptoms that I have been pointing out that our doctor told us weren't correct, first of all. Our regular pediatrician had told us that he didn't think that that was accurate, and it definitely wasn't accurate that it started after he was vaccinated. So, um that is our story okay and you, when you hear me talk about that I don't want you to immediately be like nope that's not true okay because what's important to remember is that not one thing causes a diagnosis like that it's not one thing it is lots of little things stacked on top of one another so that vaccination was the trigger for the stack of toxic overload in his little tiny body.
1: The aluminum.
0: There was an aluminum in the,
1: in the yeah. vaccine.
0: We we later had some heavy metal testing done.
1: Leave his body.
0: And his body had an aluminum toxicity. And if you know anything about vaccinations, you know that um, the specific one that he received is very, very high. Has high amounts of aluminum in it. Um so, that for him was on top of medications he'd received um, during his birth and things that we had done when he was little and antibiotics and the list of things, right? And so, when we began and probably to... probably
1: a genetic predisposition.
0: Absolutely. So, think about someone who has all these things stacked against them. It doesn't take much to tip the scale. It doesn't take much. So prior to getting that official diagnosis, um, we had kind of made some baby steps. Because we had noticed these signs, and I would kind of started piecing together his symptoms a little bit and, and talking to other parents and kind of just really paying attention, we'd begun to do a few little things. So the adorable thing. <laughs> is that you know we're doing it wasn't in an organized fashion right so I just like switched out a multi-purpose Clorox cleaner for the Clorox green cleaner which now I look back and I'm like totally greenwashed they just put a plant on the front of it it was no different that
1: was, that was cute that cute was adorable idea. good job, Court <laughs>
0: So cute. So I'm thinking I'm like helping my children by removing this toxin from their life. Not so much. Or when I had my gallbladder attack. Do you remember? Um, I was like, so I was so sick. And we were reading on all the foods that you shouldn't eat when you are having a gallbladder issue. (laughs) And, and it was like the week after I'd had our fourth baby, too, which is super fun. Um, and I remember um, one of the thing was like, don't drink regular juices. Make sure they're organic. And so so don't worry, guys. I I drank organic apple juice that still had loads of sugar and crap in it, but it was Organic. So it was okay. It was just those little things like that that we just didn't.
1: I do think we stopped using Hamburger Helper for each oh, of yeah. our meals. Oh, yeah. That stopped that after maybe big, the second baby. That was a big switch. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. We took, uh, no, we still had goldfish in the house. Yeah. You know, it was just, I thought I was doing these helpful things and then it would turn out, like, I'm looking back now at some of those things like, well, that was that was not very very helpful at all, was it? <laughs> you know. But Baby Steps, it got us there. It got us there. Um, by the time he had the official diagnosis, I knew some major shifts needed to happen in our lives. Um, I think the first thing I did was I switched out all of the cleaners in our house. That was probably the number one. And we, I threw out candles and air fresheners, actually. That was the very first thing. I got rid of the air fresheners and the the Febreze and (laughs) all of that. And I dumped it in the trash. And I don't think you remember it, but I remember that moment. And I got rid of all of our plastic sippy cups. And then came the food after that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that was huge for us. That was really huge. Uh, Because we didn't eat so great I mean we ate better than one might expect
1: I think I think a few things probably influenced how we ate at that time um there was quite a bit of mouths to feed not as many as there is now (laughs) but there was a lot of mouths to feed and um it's cheaper when you buy whole ingredients and make a meal than it is to buy a frozen lasagna or, you know, a bunch of frozen pizzas or or whatever, whatever frozen item you want to pick. It's cheaper to buy whole ingredients and put together an actual meal than it is to, to, to get the processed food. So we had already, for the most part, we didn't have a ton of processed stuff in our freezer. We were buying, you know, chicken and... Ingredients to make spaghetti or to make lasagna or, to, or whatever. And the switch was, okay, what can we switch to that is organic so we can make sure that we're not having any extra, you know, potential of pesticides in our food. Um, whatever, whatever we could do to prevent potential carryover f- for, for any sort of toxin, we, we, we were doing that. Um, So it was not a super hard switch. At least we weren't going from frozen pizza five nights a week to... This
0: is accurate.
1: How do do we make a meal?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this is accurate. We were at least making meals at our home. We did... um, The really hard thing was the kids' snacks. That was really hard. Um, Because we had had little kids. Uh, So at that time... Let's see if we had a... He was four... So that means we had a four-year-old, a five-year-old, and a six-year-old. Uh, we had a three-year-old and we had a, no, a two-and-a-half-year-old and a one-year-old at that time. And so they were little and we were doing things like goldfish and tons of granola bars and fruit snacks and those kind of things we were filling them with a lot of empty calories is what we were doing but the first thing that was recommended to us for our son was we have to address the diet so we went gluten-free and we removed dairy actually with the elimination diet we removed both at the same time um and we we tried to do that as much as possible for everyone um but we didn't do dairy-free for everybody. We did just do dairy-free for him because it was just, that was going to be too big of <laughs> a jump for all of our other kids. Um, and so at that time, that was kind of our, our thing that we did first. Um, we have, this is a whole nother story of the whole protocol that we went through for him. We love that we now get to say he used to be on the autism spectrum. It is probably my favorite thing that I get to say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. And, um, truly a miracle. I believe regardless of how it happened, whether it was, it wasn't a spontaneous spiritual thing. Um, but you know, um, we had someone who, who visited our church and said, hey, basically told me as I'm holding him as he was like probably five, it had been about a year, we've been a, we've been a year into this journey, and um, he basically said, hey, by the time he is, um, I think he said 10, mm-hmm. by the time he's 10 years old, he's not going to test on it. He's not going to be on the spectrum anymore he's going to be healed by then and as a a father like it totally tore me apart and i just started bawling like right in front of like the whole church and i'm just losing my mind because i was carrying this weight and feeling this responsibility and forgot that we had a partner with us in in the lord that that everything was going to get taken care of and even though we were going on a journey that that everything was going to be taken care of. And and I think he was probably 10. It was, it was right around it there. was right around 10, maybe right before he turned 11. It was, it was in that year of school. Was it fourth grade or third grade? Yeah. And they were testing him. Oh, it was in third grade. They were testing him to, to see what kind of services, services might he need. might need. And they're like, hey, basically – he doesn't test on the spectrum so there's nothing the school district can offer him he doesn't, he doesn't show up he doesn't he's meet not to, on he our doesn't radar. Meet qualifications
0: and not even like oh he's borderline but like this is a normal kid i don't know why you're telling me that he has xyz issues he's normal this is he's just like any other you know little boy and it was It was not, like you said, it wasn't this, like, magical moment where, like, one day we woke up and suddenly he's better. It was little by little, every single day, (laughs) ten steps forward and, like, nine steps back. (laughs) Yeah. Like, or two steps forward and 12 steps back. You know, it was just this back and forth for years. Yeah, Truly. In the like, whole time. For was like, six years.
1: The whole time was like how can we help him live a life? Like Yeah. Like be like, successful in life. How can we help him learn strategies to deal with anxiety? How can we how can we help him learn to decompress after he's been in a crowd? Cause some of those things haven't gone away. Like he still gets anxious at times. And he still has moments where he gets completely overwhelmed by a situation. But... There's, there's so rare, though. With, it's very rare. And we've walked through this with him for years now. As a 13-year-old, he knows when it's starting to come on. Or if we're recognizing it, we can say, Hey, you're, you maybe need to go grab this oil or... You need to go take this supplement to help you, kind of just cope, cope, yeah, yeah, to to deal with whatever whatever the situation is that's causing him to kind of slide back into those tendencies. Yeah,
0: and it happens when he's not um, supporting his brain well with supplements. I I know it's shocking to the world to hear. But um, sometimes 13-year-old boys don't want to take their vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like they don't want to brush their teeth and take a shower. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But that's those are the things we run into now is like typical boy stuff. Like, hey, looks like you haven't been nourishing your body and your brain for the last couple of days. How can we help you get back on track, Precious? Which is
1: going to be a huge struggle because... He wants to eat everything in the refrigerator. Like the whole refrigerator. Like he just wants to eat all the time. Because <laughs> 13-year-old
0: like, okay, boys.
1: We want you to eat. We want you to feel full, but let's make sure we're making These are the healthy right choices. choices. <laughs> yeah. And we don't have a whole lot of unhealthy choice options. No. Um, no. But it is, it is hard with teenage boys. You have to have a lot of food, and it has to be protein-dense, and it has to... Has to taste good. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a that's a whole another prog- podcast
0: yeah. that we'll have to do one of these days. Um, so all that to say, I hope we touched on like some helpful things. We have one hundred percent rambled, but I think that the key here is with each of these choices we, and and it is a choice, right? Like every time we run up against something, we have a choice to. Go the mainstream way or to go a more natural route. And for us, it's always a better fit when we go the natural route, when we work with the way our body was created, when we work with our natural detox pathways.
1: So our our bodies weren't created to deal with red dye? No. No. Man. No, turns out.
0: (laughs) Turns out. It's not a
1: naturally occurring
0: uh-uh, uh uh-uh. red dyes and high-fructose corn syrup. Those were the first things we cut out with the gluten, guys. The first things. Like, we went through, and you would, after that, there was not a Dorito in sight in this house, which sometimes is sad, but <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I've adjusted. Um, you know, I think that there's just, like, that piece to, okay, we have, we have two options here. We can go the mainstream route, or we can lean on our oils. We can lean on our supplements. We can lean on these homeopathic things. And which one feels like a better fit? You know what I'm going to pick? I think I'm going to choose the one that doesn't have the side effects first. I think I'm going to choose the one that I already have this stash of oils to start with. I think I'm going to choose the one that won't do harm And then if I have to go the other route, if I have to go the mainstream, more medical route, I can. So, like, that was for us, especially with this autism spectrum, like, okay, we're going to see the natural doctor first. We're going to try all the weird, woo-woo, hippie things first. If it doesn't work, we still have options. We won't have done harm. We won't have done anything that we that we can't reverse or anything like that but we know that it's worth a shot and it felt right in our gut and so we just did it knowing there's very little risk here um
1: yeah there's no risk there's no risk to change diet there's no risk to give your kid healthier food and sometimes there's there is some like think the most difficult thing is that you deal with as a parent is that you start feeling a little guilty that um, you perpetuated the situation that you caused it a little bit, and that can be th- that probably is a whole podcast. Oh too, my gosh, a whole episode on, so Absolutely. on too, but. So you start making the – you grab the low-hanging fruit, you make the changes you can make, and you go with what you feel like is the best option for you. And for us, we always just dove head first and went all in, especially when you see results right away. Yeah. You change diet, and two weeks later, you start noticing differences. Yeah. You use an oil and – um you see your kid go from throwing a fit to not throwing a fit in <laughs> like and within like a few seconds like you see a complete change so those things you know it just kind of edifies your belief that you're doing the right thing and you keep pushing forward with it
0: yeah and i think it's all about those baby steps like it's it's 100% the little shifts and swaps and changes you can make I didn't just. Yes, I just dumped all the cleaners <laughs> in the trash one day. Threw the
1: Tupperware away. And I
0: absolutely threw all that plastic Tupperware away. It took a
1: few. Uh, it took a few years to get rid of the microwave, though.
0: It did. It took us some time on the but microwave.
1: once we learned, we re- once we learned some things about Whew. microwaves, we were like get rid of it. Get rid of it. Done. We don't need it anymore.
0: No, and. <laughs> It was just like little stuff, little by little.
1: But, but how do you but how do you heat things up? Well, we heat them up in the oven. There's
0: this thing called an <laughs> oven, guys. It does, it's amazing. It,
1: it does take a little <laughs> bit more time.
0: Yeah. But yeah. it works. So we did the easy stuff, yeah. and we did the stuff with no risk at all, right? Like, sure, we're going to try using peppermint oil for my headache this time. And if it doesn't work, guess what? I could still reach for our... our Good old Tylenol that we'd used for years and years and killed our livers with. But it actually, the peppermint worked just fine. And I never have to reach for that very often. Do you know? It's just, it's this amazing, amazing life that we have chosen and that we continue to choose because it is so rewarding and there's so little risk and the long-term benefits are exceeding the long-term risks from the other side for us for sure for sure we have countless stories countless stories of I mean the autism spectrum is one we have a child who used to have a peanut allergy and no longer does we have you know these kids with ADHD that are thriving thriving and it could be other stories it could be another thing but it's all about choices and for us this one has been an amazing choice i think
1: yeah yeah it set us on a, it charted our course
0: 100% that that diagnosis i'm so grateful for it i'm so so grateful we would not be anywhere near where we are right now. And it opened up our, our eyes to, you know, it's like, it's like peeling back the layers of an onion. Once you start going, you're learning more and you're diving in deeper. And then somewhere along the way, we discovered, you know, businesses. And it's completely changed beyond it, just our health well, now.
1: it empowered you to be more than just a mom. Yeah. And a wife. Like it empowered you to... To really come into your calling as a a human. As... Yeah. What you're on this planet to do and... You know...
0: Well, I think there's a piece to like... I knew there was something wrong with my son. Okay? And like to go back to that, that diagnosis. I knew there was something that wasn't right. And I was pretty sure I knew what it was. <laughs> and I had a doctor tell me that wasn't right, that nope, that couldn't be. That's just normal. And to then go to this functional medicine, natural-minded, holistic brain doctor, and she's, she's left the medical practice, to focus on a more natural way to heal kids' brains, okay? This woman is, like, phenomenal. And she looked at me and she was like, you were right. <laughs> and there was this moment where I was like, I was right. I was. Like, I'm not, cra- I'm not just some crazy mom. I knew what to do. And she told me that the things I was doing so far were accurate that I was right to remove gluten. She told me I was right to use, you know, essential oils to help calm him. She even pointed out and told me I should look into some different oils that might help him as well. She told me I was on the right track and that we were doing the right things. And sometimes you just need somebody to tell you like, hey, good job, keep going. (laughs) I think that's I think that's a big piece like that empowerment came little by little but that was that was a big moment I think for me kind of like owning the crazy diving in and researching that I do and and owning looking into natural things and and, and taking that for myself so yeah yeah. Um, okay, so I think that's about everything. I was—I think we're getting close to my, my goal time here that I wanted us to end. I know that the two of us could talk for, I mean, hours about stuff like this. Um, but since this is my first interview on the podcast, I do – Did
1: you really interview me? You didn't ask me very many questions. Okay,
0: fine. It's not an interview. <laughs> You're my first guest. Co-host. Oh, oh my. Oh my.
1: I'm joking. I'm not t- I'm not, I don't take credit for them.
0: <laughs> okay, but for each person that I have as a guest on here, since this is your first time, first time on the show.
1: Oh, what do I get? You don't get anything. Uh, I want to
0: ask you three specific questions. leverage that. No. Three questions. <laughs> three questions. Okay. Number 1, what is your favorite food right now? Favorite food right now. Like, in the last week, the favorite best... Favorite thing
1: that I've eaten... This not the favorite thing you've eaten oh, in the last week, but like, something that right
0: now, in present time, what is your favorite food?
1: Tacos. The cauliflower tacos I made last week, they Those were, were really were so good. good. <laughs> Making tell one them, Saturday.
0: Tell them about your cauliflower tacos, Michael. Well, I
1: make these really good tacos. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of ground beef, I use cauliflower. Uh, so Chop good. it up, and you, you cook it up. You don't want to cook it for long because it gets mushy. So it's kind of like a high heat, short time, like kind of saute the outside basically and, and brown it up, season it up like you would taco meat. Throw it on some corn tortillas with um, whatever you like on tacos. A little bit of lettuce, some guacamole sour cream
0: so good they're so good that was a good answer also made me a little hungry but it's fine (laughs) um okay second question what other than this podcast obviously Mm. what podcast or youtube account or instagram account are you loving right now
1: um well
0: it's fine just say it
1: i love on youtube Um, I, I don't know. This was actually a question I was going to put out on Facebook today. (gasps) Um, like, do you like to watch or listen to things that you're interested in, but don't get to experience very often? So something that I'm interested in is the idea of like full-time RVing. Never gonna happen, and in, <laughs> in the at least in the at least in the near future for us. Like we have no. we have too much going on. Our, Our kids, kids are, too old, are now. old and like really involved in sports and various activities, and um you know that wouldn't it also wouldn't go they're
0: well. giant and we couldn't all we fit would in an RV. To, yeah,
1: it would, it would be a big it would be big 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 rig. Um, but anyways, I love on YouTube. Um, called Keep Your Daydream and um they're just fun and um they go they don't travel around as much anymore because um, their kids have all gotten older and like gone to college but they they go on different adventures and um i don't know i like to watch their channel um actually today i watched a, a family who does full-time they live on sailboat and That's have, not ever gonna happen. And they us. Have, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and they have some. They have some babies. And, um, they have
0: I d- babies on a sailboat. Yeah, yeah. Holy was, and they're Australian,
1: so they have accents. And I don't know. That's we're always fun. super into Australian accents right now because it's super we fun. our kids watch Bluey on uh, Disney and. Uh, so anytime there's an Australian show? What accent. is that other oh, show? Oh, How Ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so we like to watch How Ridiculous with the teenagers. The teenagers, yeah. And um, those guys are Australian as well, and they're really hilarious. They are
0: funny. Okay, okay. So this is not a television podcast. Sorry. Sorry, gosh. Um,
1: well, then i have to talk about a different show, but there's no time for that. <laughs> there's no time for that.
0: Uh, third question. What is one thing that is just really giving you life right now
1: probably the thing that gives me most enjoyment in life um it when I get the opportunity outside of being married to me. Of yeah, course. Yeah. <laughs> Not soul sucking at all being married to you. <laughs> best choice I ever made. It's the best choice you ever made. Um I love leading worship at church. I love I love just playing my guitar. That gives me a lot of life. Um and I love I love coaching and, and helping our boys in baseball. That gives me a lot of life, too. So
0: You smile real big when you do that. Most,
1: most Saturdays right now, it's like an eight-hour affair of going to various baseball practices. Yeah. And it's fantastic.
0: <laughs> You're never happier than when yeah. you come home so super sweaty. There's
1: like so many chores not happening on the weekends. Absolutely. (laughs) And they're not happening during the week either because we've got baseball baseball games games. all the time.
0: That's our life right now.
1: So certain point that's all going to catch up but it's it's fantastic and uh, um, I enjoy it immensely.
0: Well good. Glad to hear it. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you for joining us. I hope you got some nuggets and it wasn't just us rambling. But even if it was us rambling, hopefully it was entertaining. Uh, We will be live again next week, or I will be. I'm going to share a little bit with you about um, how essential oils came into our lives and how we a little bit about that story, how we choose to use them in our everyday life, um, why we choose to use them. And how that fits into our story of that natural journey and that, that lifestyle that we have chosen. Um, so it's going to be a good one. I'm pretty excited to share, you know, you got kind of step one of our our story tonight. And that's really the next level of the story. So thank you for joining Please make sure you subscribe and share this and leave us an amazing review so we can continue to show up in the platform that you are, are listening from. Make sure you do that and I will see you next week here on the Queen of the Court podcast.